Hello and welcome to Ball Talk, baby. How's everyone doing tonight? We have a super special guest on today. A good friend, my man, Tyler James, coming from Southern Maine. Big Celtics fan, owner of two really strong Instagram pages and his own Instagram page, which I really enjoy. And a fantastic NBA TikTok. Um, <laughs> Tyler, you want to shoot yourself a little introduction, tell everyone about you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm everywhere. Tyler James NBA, including TikTok recently. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little older, but, you know, I'm trying to get in the game. And I posted a video today. It's getting some views. So, you know, just just practicing everything. Like I said, and last time I was a, a guest somewhere, I'm not doing any dances or anything like that on there. Just strictly NBA videos. So if you want to follow that or anything else, it's just Tyler James <laughs> NBA. Although I do think you'd be great on some of those uh, the Renegade challenges. <laughs> now, you won't see me there anytime soon. <laughs> I love that. All right, so today, so Tyler is a massive, massive Celtics fan. He has a very, very good Celtics page. I actually enjoy it, even though I am the biggest Lakers psycho that I know. And so today we're going to be talking Lakers and Celtics, the legendary rivalry. Um, wait, well, I want to kick it off because Nate Robinson was a Celtic. Did you watch that fight? Did you have any... Did you feel the pain when he got knocked out? Also, it hurt me. I felt the pain just the way he fell. Uh, like the way wolf. he fell, it just it looked terrible. And just so the internet world we're in today, I'd be afraid <laughs> to do anything on camera. So, uh, I, I felt the pain, but yeah, I always remember Nate actually falling when he's jumping on Paul Pierce. <laughs> so I guess, uh, yeah, I I'll always remember that great great memories of him as a Celtics uh, Celtics fan, obviously. But um, yeah, I did watch the fight. And it was a little bit painful. Yeah. Always not to see someone go to sleep like that in front of everybody. <laughs> it almost oh, looked fake, to be honest with you, but I know it wasn't. But yeah. It almost looked like fake how bad he went down and just like out cold. But that's 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 boxing right there. He just looked like he didn't know what he was doing enough. You know, I'm not a big fight guy, but like he just he just didn't look like he was ready after he got punched in the face. It's funny. It's a Mike Tyson quote. Everyone has a has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Nate Robinson got lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Nate. I do know Nate. Not pers- not very well, but I do know Nate. He came to do a, a game at uh, IMG where I was at school. He was calling the game. And then he wished my brother a happy birthday after. And it was my brother's uh, favorite little happy favorite little birthday gift he's gotten. That's nice. That's nice. Nice guy for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I made sure to say at the start, because I say at the end of our last podcast, and I know my brother isn't watching the whole podcast, so I wanted to bring it back up. He, he needs to know that uh, I still care. I still feel some pride from that gift. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to kick it off with Celtics. So just a quick offseason re- recap. Gordon Hayward, out. Brad Wanamaker, out. Vincent Poirier, I don't know if he actually did anything for you guys. He's out. In, Tristan Thompson, Jeff Teague, and Aaron Nesmith. And I'm going to assume guys like Peyton Pritchard and Yamadar aren't going to be playing. Uh, did they even bring Yam over? Do you know? I don't think they did yet. I don't think they didn't introduce him. That makes me sad. That makes me. I'm a big Yamadar stand. Just watching his tape, that guy is that guy goes hard. Um, but when you've got as many talented guys on the roster as the Celtics, yeah, yeah, I see why. Um, so first thing I want to be talking about is the Gordon Hayward contract. So he was offered north of a hundred million by the Celtics, north of $100 million by Indiana. And Indiana offered Turner, McDermott, and a first for Hayward. So really quick, t- t- as a Celtics fan, how does it feel to lose another guy for nothing? 
Like you've lost one. Well, nothing. Nothing. Oh yeah, you. A conditional second round pick. <laughs> well, you know we got that player. We got that uh, trade player exception. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Whether that's, that's going to be used or not, that's that's remain to be seen. But mm-hmm. we saw it with Iggy this year, Iguodala. That mm-hmm. was a similar situation, and that got used, and it worked out well for the Heat. Mm-hmm. So um, there's like a seventy percent chance it doesn't get used, I think, or like yeah. something north of that. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's tough because I remember 2017, 2018 when they locked in with Kyrie and Hayward. Mm. I remember being at my house, you know, on my computer because I was, you know, working the Celtics at that time and just watching that first game. I think Hayward might have had one bucket and then Kyrie oh, threw that man. alley-oop, and yeah. I was just sick to my stomach. When he went down, so I, bad. I literally thought he hit his head. So I was like, oh, no, he's going to be out for a week or two, like concussion, whatever. And then I heard the announcer, and then what the announcer just freaking out, basically. And it was all downhill from that. He just couldn't stay healthy. He came back earlier this year. He looked like – uh, an all-star, but um, just injury after injury, freak after – like, LaMarcus Aldridge yeah. puts a, a, a screen on him, and, you know, he, he breaks – you know, he breaks another bone. So, it's just – it's really tough. Uh, I, I don't blame him for leaving. I think that if Jalen and Jason wouldn't have got drafted, it would be a different story. I think he would have got more minutes, probably not done as well, but he would have got enough minutes where he'd have been happy. Jalen and Jason – you know, progressing so much uh, really took time away from him. We tried to give him all those minutes, but he just couldn't stay healthy. I mean, yeah. I don't blame the Celtics at all, and it's rough. He just injury after injury, and if you look at a couple blogs that just kind of break down his Celtics history, it's really sad because uh, he was the biggest free agent signing in history. Uh, I remember the day he got signed, and we were we were just ecstatic. But um, it just he just couldn't stay healthy, and it's a sad story. That's, yeah. Wow, that was a really really good summary. <laughs> and I mean. There's a, a certain reputation that Danny Ainge is getting around the league nowadays of trying to go for the best deal possible and not always just taking assets and trying to move with them. Yes. Would you have rather seen a, a sign and trade with the Pacers when you could have gotten someone like Miles Turner to run the five or a future pick? Or are you happier with the trade exception in the second round? So that's a really good question. And I think it's going to be TBD, like to be determined. Um, Miles Turner, obviously Ainge didn't like him that much. Obviously he yeah. saw Miles Turner's contract and compared it to two years of basically half the money of Tristan Thompson and says, this guy can, you know, Tristan Thompson's the champion. He can come in do what exactly what we need for half the price basically. So I don't think Ainge is a big Miles Turner fan. Um, the reputation that – I'm glad you bring that up because the reputation Ainge gets a lot comes from the Isaiah Thomas um, when he just let him go yeah. or traded him. And he, he's got a bad reputation now around the league, it seems. Uh, and now he seems like he's losing free agents like Horford and, and, and Hayward. Uh, but at first, yeah, I was angry. I was like, how do you let him go to the Hornets for nothing? And, and, and at first it sounded like he was asking for Miles Turner and either Oluwadipo or T.J. Warren. Yeah, and that's what the were. Warren's almost better than Hayward himself right now. So, yeah. I mean, I hate to say that, but if that was the asking price and a pick, no way. Like, Ainge was yeah. clearly not doing his job. Uh, I think Cooler Heads prevailed, and what it came down to is he just liked the Tristan Thompson signing better, and we can't really fully judge the move until he uses this exception, which might not be until next year. So it's mm-hmm. tough. I, I think it's a good point. Ainge has a terrible reputation. Doesn't seem like many teams want to trade with him right now either. He had three first Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. He has all these picks. He has all these aspects, but no yeah. one wants to trade with him anymore. And the rumors that I'm hearing a lot, I'm hearing it from – I heard it from Zach Lowe. I heard it from Bill Simmons – is that Ainge refuses to do a trade unless he's the clear-cut winner. He only proposes trades where he's the clear-cut winner. He never sits – Daryl Morey talks about it a lot. He says uh, before he proposes a trade, he goes, he sits down, and he says, if I was the other team, what would I do? 
And I mean, obviously then it, you know, he goes, he looks and he says, I would never accept this in a thousand years. And maybe he still proposes it, but when it gets rejected, he's like, okay, yeah. But like, so like, that's to bring it up. Like, um, it'll make you miss out on trades like TJ Warren, but like the TJ Warren to, from Phoenix to Indiana with a second round pick attached trade. But I don't know anyone that doesn't want to trade with Indiana. I don't know anyone that doesn't want to be trading with, with Phoenix. But plenty of people are like, I don't want to trade with Ainge. He's always trying to rip us off. Even Presti hasn't gotten that reputation despite collecting every single first-round pick for the next 30 years. It's the deal with the Nets that screwed us over. That Nets where we yeah. got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and, you know. Basically I mean, if that screwed you over, that's the best trade ever. That's worth it. I know, but it, I guess from what you're saying, it screwed us over <laughs> for all future trades. Whatever. We got Jason Tatum and Jalen yeah. Brown. I'll take it. But it, it's that deal with the Nets. And if Ainge is looking for that much each deal, he's, he's not going to be a GM very long. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's been around forever. I, I don't. Do you think the Celtics even could fire him? That's I don't have that written. I'm curious. Do you think the Celtics, in any reality, could fire Ainge? That the relationship with him and other GMs could get that bad? It, it if 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 it's as bad as you say it and, and keeps progressing like that, yeah, they could. I mean, we're we're we're, we're Boston. We don't we don't take shit from anybody. Like if he's not doing good, he's gone. Um, yeah, bye bye Brady even. However, he is an '86 champion. He's a Celtics champion. He's a legend with us. And it depends how you look at it. We've gotten to Eastern Conference Finals, I think, three out of the four last years. Mm-hmm. That's better than most teams. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just we're not winning that final game, you know. We're not getting to the finals. And it depends how you want to judge it. Um, I have a few different theories on, on it. But right now – Tell them. Tell them. I'm interested. I think if they fired Ainge right now, it would be tough. Um, the fact that he got – I saw a lot of fire Ainge tweets before that player exception. However, that player exception still might not turn into anything. But before mm-hmm. that player exception, I was seeing a lot of fans. But we, we overreact in Boston. Like, that's all we do. Oh, yeah. So, it's tough to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that player exception, I mean, just to, like, put it in, in perspective. Like, I mean, if that like if that's your reason not to fire Ainge, I think that's a horrible reason. Because unless the Celtics are ready to part with someone of value, which I don't see. Because, generally, like, they've spent a lot of first-round picks on guys like Romeo Langford, guys who are just on the bench not playing. But they're good. They're good. But you invested a first-round pick in them. You look at them, and you're like, I know everything about this kid. I know this kid is going to be a bucket one day. But for outside teams, they don't see that value. So because of that discrepancy in value, I don't see them giving up assets like that. So they're looking at taking a flyer on someone. And I like the only guy that I'm look, I looked at a bunch of Ross, the only guy that I looked at and was like, maybe this guy was like Trevor Ariza. I mean, also maybe Evan Fournier, if they really will, if, if the Magic are like, get rid of this guy. But like, yeah. Trevor Ariza is the first name that I look at. I'm like, okay, this is this is the four. This guy will come in and he'll do stuff. So, like, like, do you think? I don't know. I think that's crazy. That's the that's the not firing Ainge thing. Like, yeah, yeah, because that's not much. Trevor Ariza uh, isn't doesn't really get me too excited, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Maybe eight years ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's a good three and D player, but he not nothing special. Um, you you could be right. He could, I don't think he's on thin ice. I don't think he's on the hot seat. I really mm-hmm. don't, just because of the like I said, the Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Exactly. And you draft Jason Tatum. I don't think you're ever on the hot seat. <laughs> right, and you know what? He that year I still claim he might have gone into a couple different directions. I was worried the Jason Tatum year he's going to draft Josh Jackson. I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember tweeting about it. I'm like, I'm glad Josh Jackson didn't work out for us because that's an age guy. That's an age guy. And, and I get, there's another point. His drafts aren't always as strong because he falls in love with certain players. Justice Winslow, he nearly traded every first-round pick he had for him or Frank Kaminsky. Kaminsky. 
Yeah, like, that, that's that's the craziest. I think that's the biggest stroke of luck. He would have, if I was the owner, he would be fired after that. If Frank he made coming, it, yeah. Like I, Robert Swift back in the day, like he falls in love with these players, and some of the best deals he's made have been the best deals. Like they had that he hasn't made, and he's even said that. But um, I still have confidence in him just because, like I said, the success we've had recently. I hate the Langford pick. I'm sorry, I, I really did hate the Langford pick. I was I get that. huge on Tyler Hero, and I'm not just saying this because he's yeah. Eastern Conference Finals hero and our Finals hero. He was in my mock. I believe the Celtics wanted him. I believe they were, that in, love was draft they were in love with him. They were in, in love. love with him. Made like 86 threes out of 100. He was their plan. He got taken the pick before. They panicked and picked Langford. I don't know. I don't have any sources. That's just my guess. So, yeah. and I don't like the pick. He's too injury prone. No, it's funny that you mentioned that because it, re- it reminds me a lot of uh, the, of the Lakers back in, I think it was, I can't remember if it was LeBron's first year or the year before LeBron, but it was my year at IMG. I played at IMG Academy for one year with Anthony Simons. Nice. And, you know, there was always a suspicious amount of Lakers caps in the stands leading up to the NBA draft. There was always yeah. some suspicious amount of guys just uh, in purple and yellow walking around the facilities. And then it comes out the Lakers have already made a promise to someone with their pick and all this and all that. And then with the pick right before him, the, the Portland Trailblazers select Anthony Simons. The Lakers have the next pick, and they panic. They take Maurice Wagner, who was just a good college guy and has done almost nothing in the NBA, and everyone's forgotten that he exists already. So exactly kind of, the same scenario. Yeah, that's, that's Romeo Langford. I think I think Langford. I think with Langford, there's a lot of a uh, bust boom potential, not just bust potential, yeah. but boom potential. But he's never going to see that with the way the, the Celtics roster is constructed. When you yeah. look at like already having Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, t- they should be and Marcus Smart. I can't forget Mason Marcus Smart. Mason, <laughs> he's good. He's good. He is good. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a little I'm a little scared of um, Vanderbilt guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because you don't have a history to point to of Vanderbilt guys working out. Like, uh, I mean, not to take a dump on Canadian legend, but Simishitu went to Vanderbilt, and he's still in the G League, even though he could definitely be an NBA player. Darius Garland, Vanderbilt, not really doing much. I can't think yeah. of anyone else from Vanderbilt. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of the first guys to come out of a college. But he looks nice, and he looks like he'll fit in great. But you have this, like, you have an established, established wing rotation starting with smart – Brown, Tatum, you got V. Smith off the bench. You've got um, what's his name, Grant Williams, right? Yep, Grant. Yeah, Grant power forward. Yep. Where does Romeo Langford find himself in that? Like, where do you? Like, he doesn't. They tried to fit him in. They tried. No, they tried a lot, but they. It's, it was hard. You're right, but they tried to fit him in. But he it, he was his own worst enemy just because he couldn't stay healthy, and that's not his fault. That's true. But yeah. they really did try to give him minutes. They tried to give him minutes that I didn't even expect at first. But yeah, I don't know where he fits in long term because if he keeps getting injured, he's just going to keep getting pushed back and pushed back. So yeah, I don't know if they'll ever find minutes for him now. You know, think, big minutes. I think mm-hmm. Romeo's a guy that I remember seeing that Indiana would probably benefit a lot from some G League time just because he needs – I feel like he needs some reps to be able to go full speed because he comes in sparingly for the Celtics and tries to do as much as possible. And I could see a world where a young guy is pushing himself as hard as for three spurts. He can get injured. You can do something a little bit more than you expect yourself to. So if he gets consistent minutes, and I think it's the main red clause in the G League. Yep, right, right, the, right down the road. <laughs> <laughs> then he could start showing out and being – because even at Indiana, he was at a smaller school. They've had a basketball history but haven't been great recently. So he was the main guy. If you give him the ball in his hands again, I think he could be a scorer and work his way back into the league. There's been a lot of Danny Ainge slander. I wanted to talk about the, the free agents he did bring in this year. 
Tristan Thompson, Jeff Teague to replace. I'm a Warriors fan, so seeing Brad Wanamaker come to the team, I loved what he did for oh, the yeah, Warriors last year. Yeah. You think Jeff T can play that same kind of role? And is Tristan Thompson the guy with all of his off-court issues that he's had throughout his career? You think that's going to be a problem for the Celtics at all? Or? Yeah. Uh, good question. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love the T. I think T's an upgrade over Wanamaker, and I think people are crazy for not saying he is. Uh, I'm, you know, good luck with the Warriors. Uh, I, I don't want to hate on Wanamaker too much, but uh, I'm biased because I'm a big Isaiah Thomas fan, and I don't okay. want to get off track because I always get off track with Isaiah Thomas. Me and him go way back, and I just love the guy. And <laughs> I want to talk about that after. I want you to know you're going to have to talk about that. I want to hear this. I, I, I will. Hear. I will. Like he's in my DMs. I'm always hitting him up. And like you got to so come sick. back. Yeah. That's no, he's so just sick. like a good guy, and he's just he deserves another chance. And it kind of makes me mad he hasn't got one yet. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so I'm biased against Wanamaker because all year I thought they should bring in that score in IT, but he wasn't even mm. really healthy. T, I do think it's an upgrade. I really do on the defensive end and offensive end. Um, so I think we upgrade there. Thompson, um, yeah, off-court issues, I get it. Um, do I want to deal with the Kardashians? No, I don't really want to complain <laughs> about the Celtics. Uh, I don't want to be kept up with any of that, really, to be honest with you. But um, I like him because if you talk to anybody in Cleveland, I mean, I don't know where I heard this, but they want to retire that guy's number. Like, they love that guy. Like, oh, he's a locker him. room dude. He's I think he's going to be that Boston-type player. He's already blue from a blue-collar Cleveland, you know, franchise. Celtics are pretty blue-collar. You know, they like the hard workers. And he's going to be brought in to do exactly what we need, get rebounds, be a little bit of an enforcer. And um, like I said earlier, I think that's the main reason they didn't, bite on miles turner is because they had this guy that who could be the perfect fit and i'm really excited to see how he ends up in, in the locker room more than i am just as much as i'm on the court because i think he's going to be a great addition to a pretty young team mm-hmm. yeah i'm just i'm excited to see that the five-man rotation of you think robert williams tristan thompson grant williams i think played a little bit of small ball five in the playoffs last year he did i guess taco fall gonna get any any minutes call up this year or i mean you think we're we starting there the, the, if we're ever in the garden again, you know the garden wants him. Like he, uh, oh, yeah. he is the man. Like uh, he is like the big thing. Like he, everybody talks about him. But uh, yeah, Grant played a little big because uh, he was only the one, that, only one for a little while that could defend Bam. Uh, Bam going off on us. Even Daniel Tice uh, couldn't, you know, do much. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see him. I think the lineup went, went healthy. Uh, will be debatable whether you're going to put Smart in there, Marcus Smart in there, or not. But um, I think you have uh, to put Smart in there at that point. But I think you do, but what do you go? Kemba Smart, uh, Jalen, Jason, and uh, Thompson. Probably. I guess. I mean, I, yeah. I just don't. Th- I I just think Marcus Smart. Yeah. Marcus Smart is probably like, what was it? Zach Lowe said he's probably the, no. Simmons said he's the best third best, the second best third best player on a team in the NBA, and I it's think that NBA might team. be underselling him. I think Marcus Smart is just one of the better players in the NBA. I think he's like a jump away from being an All Star. He's one of the yeah. best defenders, a great three-point shooter, a good secondary playmaker. Like this guy needs yeah. a chance to start. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're I, if I you're agree. writing a I think if you're writing a starting lineup, I think you need him in more than you need even like Kemba. Like Kemba looked pretty uh, iffy, especially in the playoffs for the Celtics. Yeah, and just to touch on that, I mean, the old basketball term, it's not who, who starts, who finishes. Um, mm-hmm. And Smart finishes. He finishes games because he makes those big plays. He takes those charges on hard and gets hard and pissed off. Mm-hmm. Kemba, I mean, you got you to gotta get him in there just for the offense, and, and you hope you see the UConn Kemba at mm-hmm. some point, and, you know, just the, the guy who can hit big shots late. Smart, you're right, his three points improving. Some give him a little bit too much crap because he shoots a lot of them like he did the last couple <laughs> games in the playoffs but I mean he made a lot of them and he saved us in a couple, couple games so uh yeah I think just because whether you start smart or not just give him starter minutes for sure yeah no I was thinking about 
down the stretch to bring it a little bit to the playoffs and teams they could be facing. I think a tough matchup for the Celtics this year could be the Sixers just because of their size. If they run out Kemba and Smart, you're looking at like Ben Simmons and hopefully Seth Curry in the backcourt, but could very well be like Matisse Thybulle or Danny Green instead. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to think, like, is there points in the season where you think Marcus Martin is going to be closing out games defensively with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kemba's on the bench just because they aren't going to be able to run those two guard lineups against certain teams. Um, yeah, I could see that, especially with the knee beating question. Um, I could definitely see that as a possibility and it'll depend on the matchup. You know, if two guards are really killing us or three guards are really killing us and smart needs to step up. I can see that. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Sixers. You're a Sixers fan, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I get a lot of crap because, you know, I, I, I actually have had high hopes for, I still have high hopes for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they played us a couple times in the playoffs and it didn't look very good, but I, I'm in the camp that Ben Simmons is eventually going to develop a jump shot and they might be dangerous. So I'm with you on that. I don't want self defense to kill me on it, but I, I actually, uh, I wanted to talk a little Sixers. So I'm glad you brought him, glad you brought him up. I think Ben Simmons is going to, at some point, I guess not, I'm not sure he's going to, but if he takes that step that he can potentially do, mm-hmm. maybe not LeBron level, but I'm yeah. a little bit worried. I think he I, could be, not LeBron level, though. I'm not going there, but I think he could take a next step and be really dominant, and then in turn the Sixers be dominant. For sure, I know. I'm really looking at the DPO. I don't, I, if not next season, the season after, like Ben Simmons for DPOI. Like I can just guard everybody, and is like he's probably a top five on ball defender and a top five off ball defender. And I can't think of anyone else on the planet that guards the way that guy guards. He can just slow up any single – any player on the court. You're like, oh, yeah, lock up Kimball Walker. Oh, yeah, lock up – I was going to say, like, Joel Embiid. Like, Nikola Jokic. Go guard Nikola Jokic. Go guard mm-hmm. Kimball Walker. Go guard whoever you need to guard. LeBron James. Go guard LeBron James. This guy can yep. guard everybody. I, I think that that's – and that's why I, I hear all these trade rumors like Ben Simmons for James Harden. I'm like, I think you have to send Jojo. I think you have to send Joel. If you can, if you can convince Tillman for Tito that Joel Embiid is the, is the more valuable one, you have to send out Joel. Like Simmons is just a Simmons, Simmons with a real half court offense guy. I think that could be a top, top 10 offense defense. And that makes them a title contender by any metric. Yeah. And Chaz, you can touch on this. I'm curious to what you, what you have to think about it because uh, do you think they're panicking by even bringing Simmons into trade rumors? Because this guy could be he, – he's still pretty young, let's, let's yeah. be honest. Like, he was a couple drafts ago, and, uh, you know, when he came out, he was the clear-cut number one, the next LeBron or whatever. You get compared to him a lot. But uh, if he takes that leap, I mean, is, is it a mistake to even put him in any trade talks? Yeah, I'm more in the – I would like to see – ideally, I would like to see Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid stay together. I've been a long-time proponent of Brett Brown should have never been a head coach in the NBA. So <laughs> I'm excited to see – I, I guess it is Doc Rivers now, so it's not necessarily nope. the biggest of upgrades. But it's Celtics. You guys got a little love-hate relationship with Doc Rivers as well. Yep. So, I mean, I'm excited. Doc Rivers is usually good his first few years with the team. So I'm excited for the next couple seasons. And then if there is any kind of Joel Embiid trade talks, I'm not too – like if they can pull off a Joel Embiid for Harden trade, that would be interesting. But I don't see that as something that either team will ever really do. It's, it's a little bit of a stretch. But – I, would it, I could see a world where if Houston is struggling throughout the season and James Harden wants out and Philly's close, but Joel Embiid's not really where they want him to be. I think James Harden and Ben Simmons running like a small ball, Bam Adebayo type five could be an incredibly deadly offense because you're looking at someone who can, Ben Simmons can guard anyone on the court, get the rebound, push it up at full speed and find a guy like James to run the offense if necessary. And if not, 
he can operate the low post, high post. And I do think his jump shot's coming. I 100% agree. Everything I've heard is that he's shooting them in practice. He's shooting them in workouts. They're looking good. It's just about bringing it to the game. And I think, honestly, having no fads might really help him get his jump shot going, having no one to jeer him if he keeps missing. Because he, if he does miss two, three threes in a game, Philadelphia especially is going to let him hear it. So <laughs> I hope, I hope that he can ballistic. come bring his jump shot. And I really, I'm just more excited to see the Sixers run this team. They got rid of Al Horford. I think it was a great trade. Danny Green, as much slander as he got last year, could still be a playoff performer, I think. And so I'm excited to see what Doc Rivers brings to them and just let Joel and Ben run a different style than they've run in the past few years. Because I don't think Brett Brown was ever really the guy for them. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And that was kind of like a 2K trade, Embiid for yeah. Harden type deal. <laughs> bring in Embiid that Russell 2K and check that out. Well, that you, I mean, if they keep rest, the only thing that might be tough because the Rockets, you know, they had a big uh, free agent signing with big men. They got mm-hmm. Christian Wood and Demarcus, right? Yeah, I think both. Uh, so, mm-hmm. but no, I like that. Uh, I think I think you're right. Keep Simmons, and then if and then we can we don't have to get on that. But if Harden ends up anywhere, I think Philly does make sense. It just make I guess it just makes more sense in the Nets to me. So that's why it's like it makes more sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Harden's really going to go anywhere this year. If anything, there might be a, a trade deadline surprise somewhere here or there but I'd, I'd more exciting to see him just finish out the season and then yeah. do something after Giannis makes a decision next season so I think kind of the league is a little bit waiting to see what happens with the Anthony Davis resigning Giannis signing next year to just yeah. kind of like is it are we just going to go back to super teams with Giannis and Dallas or are we going to try and actually <laughs> try and actually build rosters and grind to seasons yeah. all right I want to I like that you mentioned super teams because, I mean, Boston isn't a super team, but I, I, I mean, just sorry to bring it back to Boston, just because I really wanted to talk about Tatum a lot more because I, I love, I love Jason Tatum. I, I'm a Lakers fan. It hurts to say it. It hurts to see him in the green. It hurts that we took Lonzo Fall over him. Um, Jason Tatum, for what? What do you think he's doing? What do you think his how how good a player do you think he'll be next year? What do you think he's going to be bringing that'll be different than every other season next year? Do you see him making that jump to being an unquestionable top 10 player next year? I do. I do, especially, you know, if Kemba misses some time, I think there's going to be a little bit more pressure on him. Um, there's one less ball handler uh, with Hayward gone. Uh, not that he needed more shots. The only thing I, you know, he's been progressing, progressing every year. He had that amazing rookie year, and his second year made it look as not as, you know, as great just because of how well he did the first year with the dunk on LeBron and yes. <laughs> the finals. You know, that playoffs, so, those playoffs. Oof. He just needs to figure out when to take over a game and when not. I mean, mm. I guess always to if had the mama mentality. <laughs> but he just needs to figure out, you know, when to take a you know a bucket load of shots and when not to. When to take over a game and just. Um, just be aggressive, which he's, he's definitely learning, but I do think he's going to be a top 10 player. I think we'll see an all-star appearance and um, I don't see why this roster that's, that's built around him wouldn't be any different. It would be different. I think he's going to progress because it'll get more shots, more looks, and he'll have the ball in his hand a little bit more too. You see him more as a three or a four? He's definitely, Oh, that's tough. See, yeah. he, he's obviously starts at the four. Uh, I always pictured him as a three, especially coming out of college. Mm-hmm. He, he looked like a three, but he's six eight, six nine, so he, he's close to a four. In today's NBA, there are no positions, so that's what I'm going to mm-hmm. answer. <laughs> so it seems positionless at some point. So uh, I think in this lineup, because I still see with Kemba healthy, Kemba, Smart, Jalen, Tatum, 
Thompson, or your center. So um, I, I, the best answer to that is just the three or the four, I think. I think he's going to mix some time at both. Mm-hmm. I like him. I fully of the, agree with you there. I am also a big fan of the other young guy over in Boston and Jalen Brown out of Cal. I think he's really uh, like under – Hello. Talk about a lot. Kendrick loves basketball, and then uh, I just with him and Jason Tatum progressing the way they are. Jason Tatum's taken that significant offensive leaps pretty much every season. Jalen Brown's been a little bit slower, but I would argue that he's a better defender. Do you think yep. there's ever going to be a point where like Jason Tatum's going to need to focus a little bit more on working on his defense, and Jalen Brown's going to take over offensively just so they can become more well-rounded players? Or the Celtics more going to push to just like you have your offensive stud who can defend, and then you have your lockdown who can also score. You know, I think I think Tatum's an underrated defender. I, I really believe he he is a decent defender. Uh, still has a long ways to go. And you're right, Jalen is. Um, looking back on, would I take Jamal Murray? I, I like to ask that too. I mean, who would you rather have, Jamal Murray or Jalen Brown? Just because I'm a Celtics fan, I'm a homer. I'm going to stick with Jalen Brown. Wow. But, uh, it was a kind of a contra- it, was, it was it was kind of a controversy, like. Who could they play next to each other? And they prove that they they can. Like, mm-hmm. and they prove, especially in today's NBA, when you go smaller, you go bigger. You know, they they're just really good at the positions they play. So, um, I think Tatum's uh, defense will probably make some leaps this year. And overall, I see that as a great duo. Maybe uh, like Vincent Vincent T Mac that we never saw all those yeah. years that we should have. So, uh, I, I take it you guys would go Jamal Murray though. Definitely Canadian. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge Murray fan. Like I, he was my favorite guy in that draft, and he was in my mock for the Celtics. And I was, I'm, I'll admit when I was wrong. Like, well, I don't know if I was wrong yet. I was super disappointed they didn't pick him. I really was. I mean, at least at least you guys didn't take Chris Dunn. You have to look at it like that. <laughs> that yeah. You could have taken Chris Dunn or Buddy Heald, but you got yeah. at least you got of those of that. Remember that was like a one, two, and then three to seven. Those were like yeah. the ranges of who could go where. Yes. And number yeah. three, everyone was like. I was I was shocked to see Jamal Murray fall to seven. I had Murray three. I was so pumped. I had Murray three. I had Murray three to the Celtics, and I was like, I hate that he's going to go be a Celtic. But then he wound up being a Nugget, and it's amazing. But, mm-hmm. like, man, the other guys have just not done – I mean, I don't want to say they haven't done anything. Buddy Heald's hit a ridiculous amount of threes, but I think they've combined for, like, right, an average of, like, 30 wins a season. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're right. The draft kind of fell off from there, and – um. He got. I'm not saying he got lucky with Jalen because Jalen, his character, like uh, mm-hmm. you know, like you mentioned, the character's great. He's one of the smartest guys in the NBA. He's already proved that. Uh, so it was a little bit risky, but uh, it paid off. That I mean, he might not be the GM right now if he passed up on Murray and Jalen Brown. So kind of, <laughs> he kind of swung for the fences there. I, if you put like gun to my head, Jalen or Jamal, uh, I don't even want to answer that just because, like I said, I have, I'm a big Jamal fan. So uh, I know you guys are from Canada, and uh, I, I scouted the hell out of him when he's at Kentucky, and he uh, went into draft Kentucky. That's what I say. Yeah. It's definitely a good call. Definitely, definitely with you there. All right. Last big Celtic question I have is what do the Celtics have to do to get over that hump? Is it just – is internal growth going to be enough for them to make the finals and win the finals, or do they need to make another move? I think – I think that by losing Gordon Hayward, they have to make another move. But if they still had Gordon Hayward, and I, I really think that they could have gotten either Tristan Thompson or Aaron Baines with the taxpayer MLE that they would have had, I think that if they kept Gordon Hayward and then got Thompson or Baines, I think that they would be internal growth away from the finals. But I think now they are a move away. Or I want to hear your take on it. 
because you follow them a lot more and know what that move could even be. I have no idea what that move would be. It, it, it's tough. And with that player exception, I mean, what if somebody comes available at the trade deadline better than Iggy or like it was last year? Uh, a lot will be determined there. A lot will be determined what Naismith does, uh, if he shines or not, how big of a, you know, how our bench. Our bench is what scares me the most just because there's a lot of question marks, which we kind of address, I think, at this point. Um, my big thing is, in a, you know, one last point, like you said, will progression be enough for us to get to the finals alone? With Jalen and Jason, the the sky's just such a limit. It's so cliche, but it, the progression could be enough to get us to the finals alone. To win the finals, I don't think so. No, I'll be honest right now. The way we win the finals is if Kemba has a Charlotte-type year. Uh, if Kemba's healthy all year and Kemba's the Kemba Walker we saw, like like I said, at UConn or like for all those many years at, in Charlotte where he was the man and he could just hit shot after shot, uh, I think a lot is going to depend on the year he has because Jalen and Jason, if you ask me, they're going to be locked in. Um, they're going to give us probably even at least more, at least what we got last year or more. So a lot's going to be on Kemba's shoulders. Can we win the finals as is? Uh, would Kemba have a year like last year? No, not, I don't think so. I don't think we're strong enough to, and I'll, and I'll just be honest there because I saw a lot of it last year. But if Kemba can progress or Kemba can stay healthy and just be what he used to be, um, I think a lot falls on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, he just got that stem cell injection in the knees. And, I mean, I, I am a big – I have a lot of knee injuries, so I know I'm big into the knees, and I – uh it would be nice, but I haven't heard a lot of success from the stem cells. So I'm a little uh, off the, I'm cautious on Kemba ever becoming healthy enough again. And I'm cautious of his man also. He's a small guard. And he got attacked in the playoffs because he was a small guard. You saw it again and again on Miami. Just get someone bigger onto him and go get a bucket. Like, he can't he – can, he's a regular season defender, which is an issue that a lot of NBA fans have. They get enamored by these regular season defenders. Like, Kemba Walker doesn't look like a bad – like a bad defender when he's guarding Trey, when he's guarding, like, I don't know, whoever's, whoever's, the guard, yeah, yeah. whoever's Trey Young yeah. on a Tuesday, whoever's playing for the New York Knicks on a, on a, whatever, yeah. like, he's like, Oh, he can almost <laughs> defend. That's a, that should be enough for the playoffs. And then it's like, Oh, and Jimmy Butler's going at him and going to throw him into the, throw him into the first row of the stands if he doesn't uh, wall up. So I think that a lot of t- like, I mean, for Campbell Walker, like it's, if the stem cell things works, I mean, that would be awesome. It would be nice to know that that's a way to fix knees. But I think you're looking at a minus defender and a scorer on a team with enough scorers. I really question that fit pretty hard. I don't, personally, I, I love Kemba. I was, loved his runs in UConn. Fell in love with him when mm. he was on the Huskies. Yep. Cardiac has is, is been a favorite of mine. I was, I was outside working on the Fisher-Price hoops, shooting those same crossovers that he was shooting. <laughs> so, like, I'd, I'm never going to really be able to say anything too bad about Kemba Walker. I think he's showed at times that he could still be that guy that he was in Charlotte. I think having all the other guys on his team this year, having Gordon Hayward off means he's going to have to be more of a play creator. I think the Jeff Teague addition that you mentioned earlier, we haven't talked about him a lot. I think it's going to help Kemba a lot. I think Jeff Teague's going to be able to run a lot of backup point and organize the team. He's very been good in his NBA career at being able to run an offense and just get the ball moving. So having another guy like that on the team, I think it will tire out guards, opposed to like a Brad Wanamaker who, who moved the ball, but he's a Euro League player. He's not an NBA guy who's going to push guards to work hard. I think Jeff T's going to cause a lot more problems at the one for them. So Kemba can come out in the playoffs and have easier matchups later in the game. So I hope that he'll be able to do something for the Celtics. Because I, I do think that the Celtics are probably one of the top two favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference right now, the way they're looking. 
I'm not too yeah. big on Giannis. And then it's it's the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Brooklyn Nets for me, to be honest. No Heat? Yeah, Where do you have the Heat? Were Heat in there? I don't think the Heat are in the top three this you year. You think it was a fluke? Yeah, I, I don't think it was a fluke. I just think they're missing – they're waiting for Giannis next year. They'll be a good team, but I don't think they're going to – like, they could cause problems in the playoffs, but I think see right. them more as a 6-7 seed than a 2-3. Maybe maybe they're kind of sad, I mean, not satisfied, but a little bit satisfied where they got last year, this year, I mean, and, you know, kind of just have a decent year because that's what I'm kind of – I always look back because obviously we lost to them in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I wonder if it was more of the Celtics or it was more of a miracle run by the Heat or not really a miracle because they didn't end it. But, you know, like was it not a fluke, but it just, you know, the team that got hot in the bubble, that was Miami, and, you know, they went that far because of it. So, um, I kind of agree with you. I, I, expect, I don't know about Brooklyn. I think they're going to be tough, but I kind of agree with you. He might see themselves right around the fourth or fifth seed this year, but a lot of a lot of depend on if uh, Tyler Hero gets mm-hmm. a sophomore slump or if um, they're just yeah. waiting on Giannis, like you said. But And then I'll throw it to John a little bit now because uh, talked a lot about the Celtics and the top three teams in the East. Now we could go talk about one of the top teams over in the West. And your boys over in LA. Oh yeah, oh yeah, lots, lots of Lakers stuff. Oh, Tyler, I want to hear if you'll say this. Did the Lakers have the best offseason in the NBA? You know, I'm. You know, I have to be honest, and you know, I don't want to sound like a terrible NBA analyst right now, so I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> ah! They got better than they had probably the best offseason. But I'm going to tell you, it was one of the weakest offseasons I've ever seen in my life. So that's Oh, I'm yeah. Saying. I feel like there's only, like, two teams that, like, truly improved. Like, it's just not, not a lot of talent out there. There wasn't a lot of talent. There wasn't a lot of big names changing teams. Like, I think the only teams that actually got better were, like, like significantly better. Like, that you could point out and be like, that team is a lot better. Are, like, the Atlanta Hawks. If you'll count the draft, and I'll add the third team, the Charlotte Hornets, and the Lakers. Everyone else, I'm like, you're around where you were last year. Maybe, like, a little better. Yeah. I'm going to give you something, too, right now before we get into this. This is this Lakers-related, and I'm going to give you even more praise. Or praise. So, MJ-LeBron debate. I, I've, hated, I've hated LeBron since day one because it's Cavaliers and Celtics. <laughs> Cavaliers and Celtics, Heat Celtics, all the battles. Um, but I always have this debate. I always have the MJ-LeBron debate with my friends. And um, I'm not going to say who I'd pick, but I'm going to give LeBron this. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go on record just for you, just for you here this one time. I think LeBron had the expectations that no one's ever had in his life before. I think LeBron has grown up in a Twitter era where the expectations are crazy. The judgment is coming from all angles. Uh, Jordan was the number three pick. Obviously never had quite the expectations that LeBron had. So with all that said, um, I think LeBron really does deserve to be talked up there with Jordan just because of what was expected of him. Um, the era we live in with, you know, he could have easily failed many times and just, you know, that would have been that. And um, just, you know, the, the hate he's had. So I'm, I'm not going to admit this. I'm not going to say LeBron over NBA. I'm going <laughs> to say considering everything that's been against LeBron, um, I've been somewhat impressed. I like, I like that. Did, did you hear the tweet yesterday? I can't remember who it was. They were talking about when uh, LeBron was still in high school and someone went up to him and said, if you don't wind up being a first ballot Hall of Famer, if you don't wind up being one of the greatest players of all time, you'll be considered a bust. 
Yeah. And I just think that puts it into perspective, like the the mm-hmm. absolute enormous expectations that were on this. He was a kid. The pressure. Yeah. The pressure he had on him. 18. Like, he was 17. And he's, he was he's a kid. delivered for the most yeah. part. You can say he's lost all these finals. And, yeah, he's lost a lot of finals, but he's also been to those finals, yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is just the pressure is enormous. And especially Jordan couldn't have played in this Twitter era. Jordan couldn't even like he he was in his hotel, locked up in his hotel as we saw in the, you know, the last dance. He he even admitted he couldn't play in this Twitter era. So you gotta give him some credit. And I hate to, but I really do. It kind of hurts a little bit. You know, since we're talking about MJ, uh, I wish my little brother was here because he has a great, great MJ story. And I'm gonna try and tell it as best as I can. So he was on vacation with one of his friends who is uh, let's say affluent. Um, and they were at this resort and there was like an open bar and someone was playing music and so my brother was there like dancing and whatever. And he hears like laughing and like he looks over and he sees a bunch of people pointing and laughing at him. And it's MJ's family that's playing the music and MJ is there laughing at him and pointing at him. <laughs> and that's, I, I, I wish I was. It, 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 I didn't even know how to answer. I still tell that. I don't know how, how to handle that. I don't know what I would do. I think I would just start crying. I think you'd just see tears going down my face. And just be like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, that's like seeing the most rare guy in the world, basically. Yeah. Literally. Literally <laughs> a, a photo of him in a car went viral this week. That dude is like, a, yeah, just disappears. I don't know how it works. I don't, I don't know how a man like that gets famous for oh i saw him in a car dude he's mj everyone knows who he is on the planet but he still somehow is because he's so elusive i guess yeah elusive is the right word for sure yeah so back to the lakers i mean uh yeah uh good off season oh you guys are right uh repeat champs probably um who knows what's gonna happen but uh, i'm not counting that i'm not counting that repeat until until we see a full regular season I think that definitely with this Lakers team, you've got, like, they answered, they had a lot of question marks last season. I'd say they had more question marks last season than this season, but they answered them, and then they won a championship, you know? Mm-hmm. But you could mm-hmm. see throughout the year all the cha- all the question marks being answered. You start with Dwight Howard's attitude, and then it was, oh, they need another bench guy. Oh, they got Markeith Morris. Who's going to hit shots? KCP's hitting shots. Avery Bradley's playing defense. And then Avery Bradley was gone. Oh, no, what are we going to do without Avery Bradley? Ray John Rondo. Remember, he was Ray John Rondo. Mm-hmm. And then all the way through, it was always, okay, there's a question. Okay, the Lakers answered it. Okay, there's a question. Okay. The only question they didn't answer was, what are they going to do if Danny Green keeps on hitting threes? And then they still won the championship. So it didn't even matter. They didn't have to answer that question. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're looking at this roster, especially with – I mean, I try not to put too much stock in the reports, but the Dennis, Smith, the Dennis Schroeder reports that just came out about him – demanding to start he wants to be the starter he wants it opens a lot of questions on this roster and when you look at the other like other rosters there are a lot of them have less questions the nuggets have much less questions the clippers will always be a billion question marks i don't count them the warriors a lot less questions the portland trailblazers a lot less questions the lakers who's going to be that secondary the second ball handler for them is, it, is Schroeder going to be starting? Is he going to be able to stagger the minutes well enough? And then there's Harold's fit. Will Gasol be playing? There's a bunch of questions. And so for the Lakers, I don't want to call them – I mean, I mean, I'll call them the favorites, but I'm not well willing to put uh, put a bet on them until after the first week of the season and we see what they're doing. Like That, that might just be the cautious gambler in me. I, yeah, um, I just want to say this is the first – this is the most cautious I've heard John's take on the Lakers offseason this entire <laughs> offseason. 
every day that we talked about it, it's been the Lakers are looking as good as they ever has. They're looking better. They're ready to go. I never said Although, they aren't. I never said they're not looking better than they ever have. I'm just saying they have some questions. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's get criti- LeBron's teams always get criticized, like you just said. I think there's going to be that element, especially in L.A. There's always can you bring it back. And you're right. We're just going to have to wait and see what the season has to bring. Yeah, you got all those questions, like you say, but you have two answers in LeBron and oh, Anthony yeah. Davis, and that's all the answers you need. So forget your little questions about if Harrell fit. They don't, he'll make LeBron will make it fit. So um, again, I'm getting way too. I'm not. I feel like I'm on a Laker bandwagon right now. I don't know why. I'm I like it. I like it. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna convert you. <laughs> yeah, no, no chance. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, you, you say all these questions, and from what I heard, they're they're minor questions, but they're questions a championship team is going to ask. Yeah, I see mm-hmm. if you're going to try to repeat. But like I said, they have two answers, and that's LeBron and maybe the best player in the world coming up, Anthony Davis. And the question is, will LeBron fall off at any point? And I don't know where you stand on that, but Never. it's going to have to happen someday. When's I don't it believe happen? that. I don't believe that. I think it's, it's going to happen someday. It he's going to burn. He's just going to like one day just catch fire and be like, "Well, I caught fire on the court. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to retire." It's going to be something ridiculous. He's going to be a top – I think he's going to leave as a top 10 player in the league. But only because he'll be like 44, you know? I, I yeah, think this season could could be a bigger toll on LeBron than other ones have been in the past just because it is going to be a shortened season. So I think he's yeah. going to rest a lot more. But it's there's still so many things going on, especially in the States right now, that it's going to be tough for them to be traveling all the time and to be in such a competitive atmosphere but also want to be working on all the other things he has going on because – it's, it's worth being said with LeBron James is he has a lot of stuff that he does outside of the basketball court at this point in his career. So it's just like, I understand there's a certain point where all guys say like my, my mind can handle the grind and your body can't. And I think that's not really going to happen for LeBron as much. Mm-hmm. I hope that he'll be able to stay intact and healthy and continue to be elite. But I think he's going to get to a point in his career not relatively soon, but in two or three years where if he does suffer one or two injuries here and there, and he is looking at all the other things that he could be doing in LA and just take a break. Like he doesn't need to be in the NBA anymore. He's kind of cemented himself. So he's still chasing ghosts in a, in a sense. But I think if, if he wins one more championship, LeBron could just call it. I think he wants to leave as a champion. So depending on when he gets that next one, it's going to be, okay, do I wait for Bronny or should we just, call it right here right now and try to change me to the logo <laughs> yeah i agree with that actually i think i think it's a good point about how this year is going to be so unpredictable with everything going on and he probably will rest enough to make Kawhi leonard look active so um we'll, we'll see how that goes uh, i definitely think but i think he'll wait for Bronny. i think he, he i think that's definitely mm-hmm. part of the plan how crazy yeah. would that be if he if he, they become the first father son duo to play together in the nba and then he becomes the first father to dunk on his on his son in an nba game <laughs> <laughs> and get spanked on the sidelines <laughs> oh my god oh my god no that'll be interesting for sure i mean how many years are we out how, how old's running i'm pretty sure he's class in his sophomore year of high school yeah i'm so he's uh, class of 2023 it's looking at like 2022 these days that's true but it's looking like 2023 could be the double dip draft it's it's pretty much ruled out that it won't be 2022 that there will be the high school kids allowed to go into the draft so it could be 2023 i think it might be a little later but uh you know lebron might start flexing his influence and be like my son is good enough to play yeah. in the nba get it going get him now and uh we'll if see you want me to stay, get my son in. yeah yeah 
That that's he's a billion dollar into billions of dollars of revenue every single year. If he says I will retire if my son doesn't join, that guaranteed next week there'll be there'll be high school kids in the draft next week. The brawny rule. They'll create a new yeah. brawny rule. The brawny rule. Oh that's what, that'll be the new high school rule. Yeah. He finally no, I know you were what? Oh, I was just gonna say, Bronny finally got that puberty boost. He looks like a man now. It's insane. He's, he doesn't look. Compared them, right? Yeah, he. I mean, he looks. I mean, well, he's smaller. Bronny gets to eat steak every night, and uh, LeBron was living on like cup noodles. You know, it's That's a different, different kind of level. But Bronny just looks like a monster now. That man is large. Like I, he might be heavier than me. Uh, I'm pretty lightweight <laughs> for my size, but. He might be heavier than me. He's definitely like six four. He's a little shorter than me, but John, I know you were you talked earlier in this offseason about how the Lakers had to bring back one guy. They just brought him back recently. Locker room guy. How do you feel having him back? Oh, oh man. I Jared Dudley, for those who couldn't catch on, Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley, one year, two point six million dollar veteran minimum deal to the Lakers. The Lakers got their man. I am not scared of anything anymore. You know, Chaz is always telling harping on me, the chemistry, the chemistry, the chemistry. I'm not worried. We got Jared Dudley. I'm not worried. That man makes every, that man makes everyone happy. I don't know what it is. There's an air of happiness around this guy. If you've listened to his interviews, he's just such a nice dude. Like, I'm not worried about that. The chemistry issue, that was the first question, question that got closed for me. The question, chemistry issue, closed. This Lakers team is going to be happy. They're going to love each other. Give me a nice big family. I'm excited. Taco Tuesdays with everybody there. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, KCP just did a massive Taco Tuesday. It was on his Instagram. It was cute. He got like one. He had one massive table, and they just turned into a giant. Actually, I think it was tortilla. It was like a. It's just deconstructed tacos, but it was insane. Mm-hmm. This whole table was just a big deconstructed taco, and I'm like, dude. I would eat a not okay amount. Also, it's a pandemic. I don't know how much I like this idea anymore. He's trying to get himself <laughs> into Space Jam, too. He's trying to not eat. <laughs> <laughs> he said, all right, if we all get COVID, the season will get pushed. You heard, you heard two Warriors players got COVID right before we started filming? I did. No. No, all right. I, two Warriors players, unidentified who got COVID, like tested positive just before we started, we started filming. <sighs> So many questions about the medical staff over there in Golden State. I've got nothing else I can see. Yeah, do we know who? Um, I'll start looking, but I didn't I couldn't find out who. Uh it didn't okay. sound like it was it didn't sound like it was Steph. So, you know, everyone can get their uh their freak out over. Uh heard it from our good friends at League Alerts who need to hire us, I hope. <laughs> Hopefully. Two Warriors um, players have tested positive per Mark Stein. Tyler, I wanted to ask you uh we brought him up a little earlier briefly. Was a Laker last year, and now he's on the Hawks. Rajon Rondo, Celtics legend, oh, first yeah. player to ever win a ring for the Celtics and the Lakers. Was was there any happiness in you seeing the Lakers win a championship because Rajon Rondo won one, or is it he's on the other team? I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it like that. No, no happiness. Um, respect for sure for Rajon. Um, he obviously played with the big three and um, was a big part of the championship that we won here. So uh, I was, it, it's kind of impressive that he's the first one to ever win it with both teams. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was extremely impressive and didn't really think about that until they had won the game. 
and it got you know that got put around the internet. But um, yeah, definitely respect for Rajon. Uh, of course, he comes alive, you know, in the finals when it counts. But I mean, that's just the type of player he was and for us and is now. So yeah, nothing but respect for him for sure. And he's one of those guys that just talking about the exception that they have now in Boston. Atlanta does have a crowded backcourt. You think there's a world that Rajon comes back to, to retire as a Celtic and try to get one more up on the Lakers? Is there- uh, that was a lot of talk this offseason. And, you know, he would have been a good fit. So I don't know how that fell apart or uh, if it was just money. It was just money. Um, money. Yeah. That guy's getting seven and a half million. You know, it was him yeah. or Tristan Thompson for you guys. So maybe if it doesn't work out where he is, uh, you know, we, we pull that deal at the deadline, use that, use one of our exceptions. So that could happen for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, it, it a lot of depend on Teague for sure, but uh, uh, I, I'd, I'd welcome him back. He'd be perfect. You know, doesn't really score much, but we don't really need him to score. Uh, that's not true. I'm not going to say that. We, we could always use him to score more scoring, but yeah, I would love that. Hey, that's Rome. That's Rome. That's Romeo off the bench. Come on. You can't be getting, giving, getting rid of Romeo's <laughs> minutes. He's, he's coming he's for months, I think. Is he? He's injured again. Yeah, he's injured right now. Um, he just had a surgery. Pretty sure. Unless I read something wrong today. Yeah, that's why I've been saying like it's tough Mm -hmm. on this kid. Like I want to see him do well, but it's really hard to have high hopes right now considering everything going on. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Google it real quick. I'm pretty sure he definitely isn't for the start of the season. It's probably late January or early February. Yeah, which that's not. It's just one of those guys. He wasn't even healthy in college. He had that thumb injury, I think. So mm-hmm. remember that. I don't know. I don't know what to think at this point. His wrist surgery. I don't know if it's the same wrist, but that's uh, scaphoid. Yep. That's yeah. So that's the thing that moves his thumb. That he he broke it on his right hand. That's shooting hand too. Yeah. That's not good. That's that actually. I mean, it's not. It's not gonna kill his shot, but it is gonna really hurt his shot this season. Yeah, and that's really not good. Like he's what he's a yeah. sophomore now, or is he his third year? Yeah, sophomore. Um, sophomore. That's Wait, not when uh, you. Yeah, sophomore. Tyler Hero. It's yeah. not when you want to be showing up with, uh, with no shooting anymore because your wrist is too stiff to shoot, or you're still trying to get that full motion back. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not, and also especially because I don't know if there's going to be a G League season this year for him to get reps in. That's oh yeah, hate to hear yeah, that. That's that's why at the beginning of the show, I was just saying, you know, yeah. I hate keep hating on him and I, and I hate comparing him to Hero because that's what should have happened. But I mean, the injury <laughs> since college, uh, I, yeah, I get he can get to the rim. I get he's a decent playmaker. Yeah, but his shot's in question. And now, like you said, it's going to be even tougher with that injury. Mm-hmm. Injury. John, hate, you ta- hate to see that. Sorry, you go, go for it. You talked about the, the Lakers questions around secondary ball handling and I just mentioned before how the Celtics could use their exception to try and make a move for Rondo the Lakers are I think a little more capped out and what they could yeah. do during mid-season moves but do you see any anything they could do to improve that ball handling if Dennis Schroeder is going to end up being the starting point guard who's going to be coming off the bench for that well for the for the Lakers well they really they, they're they're operating under the hard cap because they signed I think because they both signed the MLE for Montrezl Harrell and because they gave Wesley Matthews the biannual exception. So they're operating under a hard cap. They can spend about $1.6 million after, after uh, getting their next roster spot, their 14th roster spot, which they have to have. You can't show up. You cannot start the season with less than 14 players. So they will have to spend that roster spot. Um, and you look around, it's pretty barren. It's really bad. Unless they, the only guy that I'm looking at as a possibility is D Rose. It's D Rose. It's 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 D Rose. Like it's D Rose or Alec Burks. Like 
And it would have to be Kyle Kuzma and KCP for one of these guys. So I really just think the Lakers are going to have to sit there and take bad ball handling unless they can find a guy on um, – unless they can pick someone up. And, I mean, the ball handlers that are available in free agency are pretty good right now. you got, like, Dion Waiters, Brandon Knight, Kadeem Allen, Yogi Farrell, Reggie Jackson, Isaiah Thomas – when I took my notes, Evan Turner, but now he's an assistant coach, I believe. He was my favorite. I'm really sad he didn't. I, I really would have loved him on the Lakers this year. Um, all of that. And Isaiah Thomas apparently has beef with LeBron. So really you're looking at like Dion Waiters or Brandon Knight to sign. Hmm. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's – I don't know how big that is. You're looking at it. I think the Lakers are going to have to roll out with mostly the same guys they've got now. I don't know that they're going to be able to address that secondary ball handler issue uh, when they really need to address having a real center that isn't Marc Gasol. So that's Marc Gasol isn't playing 30 minutes so that you don't have 30 minutes of Harrell or Mark Keith Morris at the three, I mean, at the five. And, I mean, personally, I'm from the Warriors, a, a big fan of Quinn Cook. I didn't think he got a lot of run last year. I also didn't think he None. was very good when he did get run last year with the Lakers, though. Mm. I'm pretty sure – is he still free agent right now? Is there anything that the Lakers bringing him back? Um, the Lakers would be able to bring him back, uh, but they're already paying him $1 million. They would have to sign him for another vet min, but it would only – it would count – in the end, they'd be saving $500 by waiving him and signing him again. $500,000. And I don't know who, I don't know if he solves their issues as a ball handler. He was really more of an undersized uh, shooting guard. Yeah, I guess. I'm just I'm trying to think of a chemistry problems or to run it back for guys who've already won a championship. Quinn Cook's got a little bit of that championship DNA in him. That's true. And He's it, always winning. And he is one of those guys out of. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys saw KD's little documentary in the water about his uh, PG County in Washington, but he's one of the guys out of that county from Zamatha High School. They have five guys on their high school team make the NBA. He's one of those five. So he's one of those guys who's got hard work in him, and I think he could still be good in the NBA. I'm excited to see if he gets a roster spot. If it's with the Lakers, then good it. for them. If not, I hope he signs somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, you haven't, I haven't heard any buzz about him going anywhere. It's really sad. He's probably going to wind up in, I was going to say China. I don't, actually, I know Europe's having a season. I don't know if China is. I imagine China is. They've, uh, they are not, uh, they're not worried about the coronavirus there. They're pretty serious over there. Yeah, 14 days. You cannot leave your house. My friend's from China. He went there. He couldn't leave his house for 14 days. They had a monitor on him. Uh, that yeah. tracked his temperature, tracked his everything. I'm like, that's insane. I mean, it works, but it's insane. And uh, apparently in some neighborhoods, they would board your door. There was all kinds of crazy stuff, but they yeah. they get to play basketball, I guess. So maybe they won. <laughs> maybe they win, you know? <laughs> like Quinn Cook's the kind of guy that should just go to China and be a legend, put up like 50 a game for a season and just have a great time. Like maybe come yeah. back as an assistant coach one day, but he, I think his NBA days are pretty done. Maybe. Who's your so if you had to pick somebody, who's the scariest team in the West before you with the Lakers? Are the Clippers not no longer Denver scary because of what happened? Denver, Denver that was my, it was either the Clippers or Denver, I was gonna ask. I, I, I like don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna pretend the Clippers aren't scary. I'm not gonna pretend that like Portland isn't scary. I'm not gonna pretend that they're like any team Dallas in the West. Is, yeah, yeah, Dallas, yeah. If if Luca can figure it out, they could be really scary. They, because, they were one piece away, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that with I think with Porzingis back and like healthy, yeah. everyone healthy, healthy, which is a big assumption for those guys. 
Mm-hmm. I think that team could really beat anybody. I wouldn't so count good. on it. I wouldn't count on so it. So good. But he could beat anybody. And yeah. the Warriors also, Steph Curry. I mean, Steph Curry, is, I, I really think that he was – that unanimous MVP season, I think that that's one of the few MVPs that should not have gone to LeBron. You know, I'm a big believer yeah. that every MVP since uh, since LeBron's last MVP should go to LeBron, except for the two that Steph won. Those were insane. He was absolutely the best player in the league those years. So I wouldn't count them out, but the Denver Nuggets are what scares me because I believe in Michael Porter Jr. Me and too. that guy's going to have a crazy, crazy next season. He looked like Kevin Durant. He looked like a strong Kevin Durant getting rebounds, running the floor, hitting shots. And, I mean, it was a mini Kevin Durant role, but that next step is scary for a guy like that. For guys already Denver. doing that. Let me ask you one Denver question real quick. Are they are they just geniuses when they draft, or are they just doing what every other team should when they're drafting guys like Jamal Murray, um, Michael Porter Jr., Bol Bol, and now maybe R.J. Hampton? Yeah, uh, I don't think anybody. Yeah, are, I, they, I think, are they just doing what other teams should have done because these guys are projected high at some point, or are they just getting lucky? Like, what are they doing? I, I think that with okay. See, you only name guys that are still on Denver. If you name guys that aren't on Denver anymore or that Denver traded on draft night, then you get to add Donovan Mitchell, Yusuf Nurkic, and Rudy Gobert to that lineup. Yeah. But they traded them. So. They traded them. But if you don't count those three, then it's like, okay. But if you count those three, it's like, oh, my God, these guys must be draft geniuses. Because yeah. you don't just trade the pick unless it's – trading a pick is a little bit of, okay, this is like these guys will accept the value and we'll get a higher pick to get our guy. But it's also, could we wait another pick and get our guy still, give a little less value? You know, you check it out. Usually, if you are tra- if you are a team trading for a pick, it's because you're a little worried that that team is going to take him, but not too worried that that team is going to take him. So there was at least a little bit of fear in the Utah Jazz's mind that the Denver Nuggets were going to take Donovan Mitchell, the Denver Nuggets were going to take Rudy Gobert. I mean, and- I think... Sorry, go ahead. That's just like they, they just have to be draft geniuses, but they also are doing the right risks by taking guys like Bull Bull, taking guys like Michael Porter Jr. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Zaire Smith winds up deep on their bench next year. They take these guys that are projected high, look like hard workers, and have some small issues, bring them in. They have a top medical staff. I, it might be the best in the league. I, you don't hear it could about be their draft guys. position, too. Now, I think of it, it could be their draft position, and That's they're true. just like, yeah could be the draft position. It's kind of a little bit lucky, like, oh, let's take a flyer on this guy. Okay, it worked out. Yeah, yeah I think that's one of the things for, like, a, a more recent draft, like Bull Bull in the second round is an easy flyer. You saw very little of him, but you know he has such a high ceiling, and then if you don't get him, it's a second-round pick. Who cares? Jamal Murray, we, we spoke earlier about that draft, having him fall all the way to seven. It's like, well, there was yeah. pretty much no one else you were going to take in that seven range, mm-hmm. and he happened to be arguably the second or third best player in that class, so Michael Porter Jr. again, another guy who a lot of injury problems. Who they were just like, if he's here, I guess we'll take him because he was <laughs> going into college. He was almost a consensus number one overall pick. Yeah, he's like, this is the guy. This is the dude, and he's kind of proven it to be. I wouldn't go as far as saying Kevin Durant like John. I think it's, I don't think he has the ball handling or the the way that Kevin Durant does. He does have a lot of scoring to him, but he's a little more chuck happy and a little less comfortable with the ball his ads, but he is a rookie so we'll give him a little bit of time I, I still think the Clippers are the biggest threat to the Lakers I think that Kawhi and Paul George are going to come back something different than they were last year the team is 
retooled or has been retooled a little bit. Bringing in a guy like Serge Ibaka that Kawhi is one with and can, that can help them on defense. I think him and Pat Beverly is a hilarious duo that's going to work really well for them on the defensive end. And they're going to be a, a good team in the Western Conference. I think their biggest problems are going to be the same ones they had this year. And there's not a lot of teams that I think could say that. A lot of teams are every season have to overcome something new or adjusting to new problems. And the Clippers are kind of just, okay, last year we knew we were going to play the Lakers and we thought every other team was going to be a cakewalk. That's not the thing this year. So let's just take every team seriously. But we still know that the Lakers are the ultimate goal to be. And if they come out with the right attitude, I think that there's no reason that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can't beat every other team in the East, in the West, sorry. I, mean, I, I still just think the Clippers didn't ad- address their biggest issue. Mm-hmm. Because I think Marcus Morris can play the five well enough as a small ball five in the playoffs. I don't think they need to add another five as their main priority. And their Probably biggest issue... Davis, though. Yeah, but <laughs> can anyone guard Anthony Davis? Like, anyone on the planet? Like... And I think at the end of the day, their bigger issue was they don't have a playmaker. They don't have a, a guard that can run the offense. And they still don't. Like, they still don't have that guard. And I think that is going to really bite them in the butt come playoff time again. Or even just for Ibaka, who hasn't had a good game without an elite point guard since, well, ever. I don't think he's ever had a good game without an elite point guard. He, all of his good games have came with the Raptors in his two-man game with the with the with the Lowry. All of his good OKC season came when he was playing with uh, Westbrook. He was on the Magic, and he was it was uh, tough to watch. He looked washed. People thought he was in his late thirties, his mid to late thirties. Like, I don't yeah, know. The Clippers I think have the, a lot of questions for sure. Yeah, I think the Clippers have that big question. They didn't, they didn't address it. I think it's really going to hurt them. There's just I just think there's a lot of time the Clippers make midseason moves. I would expect it, but it's all just wait and see right now. I do like them to come out. I think last year everyone picked Lakers Clippers conference finals, and I feel like people are going to steer away from it this season just because it's been picked last year. But I do think that's what's going to end up at the end of the day. I think a lot of the yeah. stuff that we expected to see is going to come to fruition this year. Yeah, I think it's definitely down those two for sure. So I got, I got to ask, we're, we're getting, we've been running for like an hour. So we just talked about the Western Conference Finals. So I'm going to ask, Eastern Conference Finals, who are you guys seeing? What do you guys think? I want to see Nets and Celtics because I want to see that Kyrie matchup. That's what I oh, want to see. Awesome. That would be yeah. amazing. Especially yeah, if KD comes back 100%, that'd be amazing. Yeah, so that's what I want to see, and that's what I'm hoping for. But um, I have my doubts for sure on the net side. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, those net like with the Nets, like there's just it's a bi- it's a billion questions. <laughs> We're talking about questions. Those guys, those guys, their team, they could make their new logo a question mark. Exactly. Everything about them is a question. And then like, uh, I still I still have the Heat until they prove me wrong. It's, yeah, that's a solid pick. I think, yeah. See that the East is such a toss up for me. I I want to pick the Sixers. I want to wait and see how they do for a week in the season, though. Kind of like you said, John, about the Lakers, mm-hmm. to see what their offense is looking like. If I had to pick right now, I, I think Celtics-Bucks would be finally in the conference finals would be a good matchup. They played in the first round, and I think it's the second round recent over the past few years. And I'd be, I think the Bucks are still – a lot of people are talking about everybody else, say the Bucks got a lot worse. I'm a big Drew Holiday fan, personally, so I think him and Giannis is a one-two. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a high seed. 
Chris Milton is going to have a good regular season, as he always does. And then it'll just be about matchups for them. So I think Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis will be a good enough trio in the playoffs to get them through a couple rounds and hopefully see Boston in the finals. Because I could see those two being the one-two this, this season, respectively. Well, either one, the one or the two. Yeah, will the pressure get on them, though, if uh, they get down? And I'd rather see the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals home Celtics fan just because – if that, you know, they get down 3-1 or 2-1 and then the, the, the Giannis mm-hmm. talk starts, like the LeBron talk, and we we kick LeBron out of Cleveland. So um, I'm hoping to see the Bucs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be hilarious. Celtics, Celtics ending two teams' uh, immediate future. Sending two guys to Miami. Maybe sending both guys to Miami. <laughs> that, would have been, that would be the funniest. That would, that, the, the internet yeah. would go crazy with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, my God, that would be horrible. I'd love every second of it, but it would be horrible. Celtics fans would be even more insufferable than they are now. <laughs> any, oh, yeah, any thoughts? The Lakers fan, though. oh, yeah. Oh, don't <laughs> worry. I know I suck. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on the, the Evan Turner signing? I didn't even know he was retired from the NBA. I thought, I thought he was still getting $17 million. Apparently, he's an assistant coach now. It's a good pickup for the Celtics. Yeah, definitely. And when I saw it and I read it, I'm like, okay, we just signed Evan Turner. Like, he's, he's back, but it was a coaching job. So, uh, yeah, when he was here, he, you know, obviously he was, I think, the number two pick. So he always had those high expectations, but um, never really lived up to a number two pick status. But when he was here, he was great. Great ball handler. One, two, three, could play it. Uh, so I, I definitely think he uh, he's a good addition. Uh, I have no problems with it at all because, like I said, the time he had here was, was excellent. Mm-hmm. He's I also he could- all-NBA first-team quotable players. Best that funny. He's such a weird. <laughs> so many good ones. Hold. On. I think my favorite was uh, someone was like, "Are you aware that you're shooting 13 percent from three? And he goes, "He goes, it's 13 percent, but it's a big 13 percent." Yeah, yeah. He's a smart guy. That's guy. that's amazing. That and also the Dirk has a sister. That was amazing. <laughs> that dude. That dude's just different. I love him. I love him. Yeah, I like what he brings to the to like the Jalen Jason dynamic we talked about earlier. I think he could help both of them a little bit with their like wing defense going through tape mm-hmm. with them, watching film, and just, like, how they distribute and how they guard. Because Jalen Brown had a lot of success last year. I remember I wanted to bring it up watching him guard completely locked down Pascal Siakam, pretty much. And you think about guys who, like, Pascal traditionally considered a four, stretch five, and Jalen Brown's kind of a two, three. And to watch him just, like, blank him out of games for the most part was like, okay, Jalen Brown is this kind of defensive monster on this team. To bring in a yeah. guy like Evan Turner to work with him on perimeter defense and just the smallest NBA intricacies, I think, could really take them to another level, too. Yeah, I agree about Jalen and the defense. I'm a little in the camp that Pascal's overrated, though. I don't know if I'm alone in that, but um, and I, maybe no, it's I just because it's fresh in the mind. Oh, yeah, you guys are <laughs> Toronto. I'm with I you def- on that. I'm with you on that. I definitely like, think it's a little fresh in the mind. I do think it that. Is, but I think he's, he's a step below Tatum. He's kind of rode Kawhi's coattail that one year, and now he's the next big thing. And mm-hmm. um, I, I – just man, I was hoping he'd shoot in that series. I was hoping he'd shoot against yeah. us. Like, I, I'm sorry, but I, I and this could be a wrong take, it could be a terrible take, but I think he's overrated, and I don't think he's going to be the elite, never going to be a top 10 player or what nice. it, people were putting him at one point last year or two years ago, in my opinion. Top, top 10 is a little high, but I, I could easily yeah. see him being a top 20. I, yeah. I see it. I mean, just because he's like, like he, he is what the NBA does now, he's a switchy, switchy playmaking forward. and those guys yeah. win championships like all the time. If he's listed at the forward, I'm not sure if he makes the it makes the All Star game. I guess there isn't one this year, but I'm not sure if he would make an All Star game in the Eastern Conference if KD's healthy as the forward. Hey, he made All NBA last year, so 
Yeah. And like you said, it could have been the fresh in the mind thing. It just, I just, I haven't seen enough of it yet. And it was pretty bad in the playoffs, yeah. but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Man. All right. I think that's, I think that's about, uh, I think that's about time right there. Well, you got some Isaiah Thomas stories for us. Oh, my God. Yeah, wait, I I forgot. I don't don't have many stories. I just used to make apparel for the Celtics, and I used to just, you know, send him it. And now, like, once in a while, you know, he'll like a DM or like an instant message or like a story or something like that. We just kind of go back and forth by the DM. And I just – I don't know, man. I'm hearing that how healthy he is. And I know, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what everybody's going to say when you want to get back get a job. But uh, I'm hearing NBA players say it too. When when, when they're playing with him, he's blowing by him. Yeah, Yeah, he's a small guard. But – I think somebody really needs to take a risk on him. And uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been anybody yet. Uh, I just think that uh, he's not too far removed from being that hero for the Celtics and, you know, carrying them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, so I, I just think he, he really – he still has a little bit left and uh, he has something to prove. And when that guy has something to prove, uh, look out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer in Isaiah Thomas. Big believer. Yeah, I do hope he can come back to the league. He's one of those guys. Yeah. That he, he's definitely one of the better – a top 400 basketball player in the world. So he should be in the mm-hmm. NBA. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So I think that, I think that's it. Did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? Yeah. No, I think we covered a lot. I think we covered awesome. a lot. Awesome. That's Celtics, great. Celtics Lakers in the finals. Yeah. Who wins it? There's no way you're getting an unbiased answer. <laughs> you're just trying to start a war before I shut this down. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta go Celtics. I can't. I've, I praise the Lakers enough. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna lose my whole following soon. Ad, Ad, and LeBron are about to just throw lobs and lobs and lobs and lobs and just destroy that interior defense. Tatum's gonna be dunking over LeBron. And yeah, hey, it's happened. Before, it happened before. And what happened last time? You can't dunk over Bam, but you can dunk over LeBron. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I might, post, I might post a video for this just because of the base you made right there. <laughs> I know. I, I'm worried. I, I'm giving you way too much ammo, so I'm a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been a great episode of Ball Talk. Tyler, tell yeah. everyone where they can find where they can find your stuff really quick. Yeah, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, uh, like we mentioned, even TikTok at Tyler James NBA. Uh, I'm starting a little uh, network here soon. I think uh, I got some other websites going on with the, some other team sites, but at Tyler James NBA and on, on everything. Awesome. Everyone, go check out my my man for that. Some really high quality stuff. Tyler, thank you so much for coming. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I really hope I can set the outro song to start working right now, but we'll see. Good night, everybody. See you guys.